0: (laughs) Thank you.
1: Facebook.com slash detectives. Before we do get started, I want to acknowledge that today's program is brought to you by the financial support of our listeners. And I especially want to thank Mark, Mirth, Jake, uh, J.A., and Bruce. Thank you so much for your support. We'll send access to the premium site as well as the appropriate uh, thank you gifts for donations received during our listener support campaign. I truly appreciate that. All right, well, we're going to bring you another series for which we only have one episode. And to be honest, I don't know how long it remained on the air. Though it couldn't have been too long as eight months later, its star was auditioning to appear in another program. The title of the program was H- Here Comes McBride, and it starred Frank Lovejoy, who two months before had ended his run on the... uh Amazing Mr. Malone, uh, after two years in that character, with the series being pulled and replaced with Pat Novak for hire, which we'll hear on Tuesdays in just a few weeks. Here Comes McBride was from a series of books by Cleve Adams. Though as we'll talk about after the show, the books didn't have a whole lot of impact in how the story was told. So here from May 19th is 194 of 1949 is Here Comes McBride
2: Here Comes McBride <laughs> Necklace insured for $100,000 stolen from Beverly Hills residence of Cyrus Chandler. San Francisco Police checking reports Sean O'Hara, former gambler in town quote, on business, unquote Parole board reveals Jimmy Severn, convicted jewel thief, has violated parole. Gone into hiding.
0: Police department. Hello, my name is McBride, Rex McBride. And in room 414 Trojan Hotel. Better send a policeman over. There's a man here in my room
2: and he's pretty dead. (laughs) Out of the pages of Cleve F. Adams' popular novels, NBC presents an exciting new detective series. Here comes McBride, starring Frank Lovejoy. Hello? Mr. McBride, I'm Susan. Hello, Susan. This is
3: Mr. McGillicuddy, the hotel manager.
2: Fine. Mr. McBride, two minutes ago you telephoned down to the desk... Susan here took your call. You said you wanted a policeman. That's right. Why? I mean, if there's been a disturbance of any sort... Come I... on
0: in here, both of you. Take a look, that guy in the chair. Oh. Wouldn't you want a policeman? He's... he's dead. That's right.
2: Oh, oh, my my goodness. Oh,
0: oh fine. What a great time to keel over. Oh,
2: that's Mr. Seven.
0: The dead man? Yes. Who's Mr. Seven? Mr. Seven in
3: 514.
0: Well, look, he isn't in 514 now. He's in 414, and 414 is my room. That's what I wanted to see the policeman about. Oh. Maybe you better sprinkle a few smelling salts on poor Mr. McGillicuddy here. Oh,
3: my, I almost forgot. Mr. McGillicuddy. Mr. McGillicuddy.
0: Well, don't just stand there. Get some water for him. Not me. I've already got fingerprints on the doorknob, the light switch, and the phone. That's enough.
3: All right, I'll get it myself.
0: You say this dead guy lived in 514, huh? That's directly over this room? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, you better stay here and give McGillicuddy a little artificial respiration. I'm going upstairs and take a look. Where do you think you're going? Well, upstairs, if it's all right with you. It isn't. Well, that's too bad. Now, suppose you keep your big nose out of my... My big nose belongs here. Police. Oh. Well, my mistake, uh, Captain. Your mistake again. It's Lieutenant. Lieutenant Orsadi. That's your room you just came out of? Yeah. And it's also the room... Where where... the dead man is. Yeah. Come on, mister. As soon as we're through in there, I want to talk to you. Well, McBride, we've got your room all tidied up for you again. Now, do you care to add anything to your story? There's nothing more to add, oh, sorry. For the third time, I went out to dinner tonight. I left word at the desk i would be back at eight. About five after I came in, came up to my room, opened the door. There's this Severn sitting in the chair stabbed. That's when I phoned the police. You were going upstairs when I stopped you. Where were you heading? Back to his room to see if you'd left anything? Look, if you're trying to insinuate I killed Severn... You're a pretty likely suspect right now. Oh, sure, sure. I stabbed Severn up in his room and carried his body down here so nobody'd suspect me. Sounds real logical, doesn't it? You'd either be pretty stupid or pretty smart to work it like that. And I don't think you're stupid. Oh, thank you. McBride, that suitcase in the corner is yours, isn't it? Yeah, and somebody slashed the side of it. I noticed that. I also noticed a gun in it. It's mine, and I have a license for it, or something. You like to hunt, maybe, huh? I'm an insurance detective. Oh, I see. No, you don't see. I came to Frisco on a... San Francisco. Okay, okay. I came here on business. You're from L.A.? Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. Well, we heard you were in town. What kind of business are you here on? I don't have to tell you that. We got a complaint from a guy named Chandler about you, Cyrus Chandler. He claims you've been following him and his family. Oh? Isn't that the same Chandler who reported the theft of a diamond necklace down in Los Angeles? That's right. You know, I don't get it, McBride. If you're trying to recover the necklace, why are you following them? Did I say I was following them? Wait a minute. You maybe figure one of them faked the theft to collect the insurance. Look, uh, sorry, I'll make a deal with you. You worry about the dead man, I'll worry about the Chandlers and their necklace. The Chandlers happen to be our worry right now, too. Oh, how so? This ward of his, uh, the, what's her name? Celeste. Yeah, she's pretty wild. Oh, yeah, she's uh, pretty wild. Already she's gotten herself in a couple of scrapes and bars. Cost Chandler plenty to get her out of them. Well, I guess she hasn't changed. Oh, yeah, and another thing. There's a gambler named Sean O'Hara came into town a few days ago. We've been keeping an eye on him.
2: You know O'Hara? Uh-huh.
0: Didn't Chandler's wife used to run around with him? Did she? I wonder if Mrs. Chandler lost money to (laughs) O'Hara. Interesting thought, isn't it? You're talking. I'm listening. Okay, play it your way. So a guy named Severin turns up in your hotel room dead. By the way... How'd you happen to get a room in this joint anyway? You want to read the papers? There's a convention in town. I couldn't get any reservations. Cab driver told me the Trojan Hotel wasn't too bad. He was so wrong. McBride, maybe you're telling the truth, maybe you're not. Sooner or later, we'll find out which. We'll want you at the inquest, and uh, in the meantime, don't be too hard to find. You know, San Francisco's a nice town. Stay in it. <coughs>
3: Isn't the Regis Roof sort of an expensive place for a poor, struggling detective to take a girl to dinner Mr. McBride, Expense account, Susan. Oh? What item do I come under?
0: <laughs> I think it's something.
3: <laughs> I'm sure you will.
0: I could put it under special occasions, maybe. Isn't every day I find a dead guy in my room and meet you? No.
3: Oh, poor Mr. Seven. I'm afraid the Trojan Hotel is not a very nice place.
0: How did you ever happen to get a job in a joint like that?
3: Oh, I don't really work there. I'm just there part-time. See, I work for a bookkeeping service, and the Trojan Hotel is one of our accounts. As far as I'm concerned, the company can cross it off their list any time. Except Mr. McGillicuddy. I've always rather liked Mr. McGillicuddy. Yes,
0: does he faint often?
3: Oh, now, that's not fair. He's just... Hey, do you know that man over there? Hmm? The stocky gray-haired man at the corner table. He hasn't taken his eyes off
0: you all through dinner. His name is O'Hara. Sean O'Hara. Oh, who's he? Gambler and assorted other enterprises. You name it, he's done it. <laughs> Sounds interesting.
2: Oh, yes. He's that all right. I beg your pardon, Mr. McBride. Oh, yes, waiter. I believe you asked at the desk about a room at this hotel. Yeah, they told me no soap. You may have one now if you like. Well, I like, but how come? Mr. Sean O'Hara is turning his room over to you. Well, that's very kind of Mr. O'Hara. He wanted to know if you'd step over to his table for a minute. Okay, thank you.
0: Excuse me,
3: Susan. O'Hara must be quite a friend of yours.
0: Yes, yes, he must be. Hi, Mr. I have. Well, it looks like the party's complete. The Chandler family just came in. And who are the Chandlers? Oh, they're some table? friends of mine. I'll be back in a minute, Susan. All right. Excuse me, please. Thank you. McBride! Uh, well, well, Mr. Chandler and Mrs. Chandler, this is a surprise. Mr.
3: McBride. Hello, Rex. Like to buy me a drink? All
0: right, sir. Later, later, Celeste. Now, what are you people doing in San Francisco? Well, I don't know about the others, Rex. McBride,
2: you deliberately followed us here. Who, me? I'm just here on a pleasure. Place. I warn you, if you persist in your ridiculous suspicions that any of us take the theft of Mrs. Chandler's necklace, I'll... Your
0: temper is showing, Chandler. Uh, Mrs. Chandler, Celeste, if you'll excuse me, there's someone I have to see. The Sean O'Hara. Oh, how? Yes, uh, Mr. Chandler.
2: Remember what I said, McBride.
0: I'll be seeing you.
4: Don't forget that drink, Red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So long. Delilah,
2: I'm not going to stand for this any
0: longer. It
4: Good.
2: is not my fault that he's following us, sir. Are you sure that it's
0: us he's following? Well, hello, O'Hara. Sit down, McBride. I uh, ran into an old friend of yours on the way to your table just now. Delilah Chandler. I saw her. Thanks for the room. I didn't give it to you for nothing. Yeah, I figured that. What do you want? McBride, you're trying to recover the Chandler's necklace. Where'd you hear then? I got big ears. Well, they don't show. Must be the way you comb your hair. So what about the Chandler necklace? You work for an insurance company. They'd
2: be glad to pay a considerable amount of money to get it back. Maybe as high as 25000
0: well, Those big ears are showing now, O'Hara. How'd you arrive at that figure? Never mind.
2: Close, isn't it? Maybe.
0: Hmm trying to tell me you've got the necklace? I think you know better than that, but I might be able to put you on the trail of it. What do you get out of it? Simple, the 25000 How about it? I don't know, don't know. have to have some time to think it over. Huh? I can't give you much. Twelve hours, maybe. That ought to be enough. Okay. Look, I'm running a little place down to the peninsula. It's an old house off by itself. You got a layout there?
2: Small one. A couple of crap tables and a wheel. Here's the address. You'll be down there at two tomorrow afternoon. Huh?
0: I think we can do some business. No, it could be. Well, I, uh, better be getting back to my table.
2: See ya. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Oh, quite all right. Well, it's a good
3: thing I didn't hold my breath for that, uh, minute
0: you were gone. I'm sorry. That took so long,
3: Susan. That's all right. matter of fact, I had quite an interesting time. Oh? Those three people who stopped you when you got up from the table had an argument after you left them. The Chandler? Mm-hmm. They seemed to think you've been following them, and they were pretty mad about it. All except the younger of the women, the one with the funny eyes, light brown, sort of, sort of like a cat. Oh no. No, no but I mean, and she also had. Uh, well, they were strange eyes.
0: Yeah, that uh, that would be Celeste.
3: She didn't seem at all mad that you were following them.
0: Yeah, that'd be Celeste. She's uh, Chandler's ward.
3: She inferred you've been following her quite a while.
0: You wouldn't have to follow Celeste quite a while.
3: Oh, my. Here all this time, I thought you'd brought me here to be with
0: me. <laughs> it's a strong union. They demand pleasant working conditions for us. You want that?
3: dance? Oh, it, it's sort of crowded. Why don't we go to my place? We can have a drink there.
0: You know, I've got a stronger union than I thought. Come on. <laughs> nice apartment you've got here.
3: Thanks. Um, about the drink. What would you like? Hey, come here. Scotch, Or uh, maybe bourbon.
0: Keep going. You haven't come to it yet. (sighs) That's enough. Sure you can't break that date tomorrow night?
3: I I don't know. It's with Arthur and... uh... Arthur? Arthur McGillicuddy.
0: Oh, you mean fainting
3: Freddy? I like Arthur. He's very nice.
0: I'm sure of that.
3: Well, uh, I think I'd better fix those drinks. Have you got a cigarette?
0: Hmm? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think there's one left. Yes, here.
3: You call that a cigarette? Where have you been keeping it? In your shoe?
0: My last one. Oh,
3: and no, I forgot to get any this afternoon. Rex, there's a stand right across the street.
0: Oh, now, look. It's midnight. You're not going to send me out into that fog when it's so comfortable here, are you?
3: It'll only take five minutes, and I'll have the drinks ready when you get back. Besides, I think you could use a little cold
0: air anyway. Okay. I'll get the cigarettes, but I'll give you a clue. I don't think five minutes will make much difference. (laughs)
2: Here you are, mister. Two packs, 36 cents. Okay. Thanks. Real fog tonight, huh? Yeah. Seems like it gets worse every year. I'm thinking of installing radar. Might be a good idea.
0: Night? <laughs> Night.
2: Nice. Nice. Hey! Hey, mister, that car! Look out! Hi. Uh, hey! You feeling better now?
0: Yeah, a little, except my head. How long have I been out? Almost 15 minutes. I think you hit your
2: head when you dove for the sidewalk. Yeah. That was really a close one. I didn't even see the car until it was almost on you. You know, guys who drive like that shouldn't be allowed out on a foggy night.
0: You happen to get a look at him?
2: No, no, he didn't even slow down. He he was driving a green Nash, but I didn't see his face. Why? Oh, no,
0: no reason. Thanks a lot.
3: Where did you go for the cigarettes, Oakland? Yeah. I ah, just about giving you up. A... Rex, what's the matter with your head? Where have you been?
0: Oakland. Oh,
3: come on in and let me put something on your head. No,
0: no, I'll, I'll be getting along.
3: But uh, are you sure you're all right?
0: Yeah, I'll call you tomorrow. Oh, here's your cigarettes. I hope you enjoy them, baby. They cost me some lumps. <laughs> Okay, okay. Well, Mrs. Chandler.
4: May I come in, Mr. drive?
0: Isn't 8 a.m. a little early for tea? Well,
4: I found out you were staying here at the Regis. I just had to talk to you. So well, come in. Thank you.
0: What's on your mind?
4: Well, Mr. McBride, I know you suspect that the theft of my necklace was arranged by one of us.
0: Well, now... Well, as
4: far as my husband and myself are concerned, it's not true. But as for Celeste, I... I'm not so
0: sure Oh? Well, that's interesting. you never cared very much for your husband's ward, have you?
4: Well, she's caused us nothing but trouble. She's wild, she gets into scrapes, and we have to pay for them. And that's not the worst of it.
0: What is the worst of it?
4: She's been making a play for my husband, I'm sure of it. Oh, really? I don't know what it is with her. She's all twisted around inside. It's a complex. Everything I have, she wants. She's look,
0: just... look, why are you telling me all this?
4: Well... Because I think she took my necklace. And I want you to search her room. Hmm.
0: You know, she might object.
4: She's not there now. How come? We don't know where she is. The last we saw her was about 11 o'clock last night. She's probably out on what she calls a party. Please search her room. Well, I don't know. It means a lot to me. I, uh, well, I mean... Uh, I mean, if it would help clear things up.
0: Yeah. Incidentally, you know anyone who drives a green Nash?
4: Well, I well, no? I don't. Why?
0: Skip it. Okay, I'll take a look in Celeste's room. Have you got the key?
4: No, but I can get
0: it. All right. You go ahead. I'll stop by in about ten minutes. Here, let me. Okay.
2: Well, Mr. McGillicuddy. Oh, I, I beg your pardon. What are you doing in the hall? I came here to see you, Miss McBride, but I... I didn't know you were entertaining.
0: Purely business, Mr. McGillicuddy. I'll see you in a few minutes, Mrs. Chandler.
2: Yes.
0: Come in, McGillicuddy. What's on your mind? I forget
2: to pay my bill when I checked out of the Trojan. Miss McBride, perhaps I arrived at an embarrassing time, but I must say it confirms my opinion. What opinion? That's what I came to talk about. Susan has apparently taken an interest in you. Oh, good. Susan is a nice girl, Miss McBride. You may not be interested in that phase of her character, but she is a nice girl. I'm sure of it. I'm very fond of her. I've always thought that one day I'd ask her to... Well, what I mean is... You're very fond of her. But I'm not going to stand by and see you made unhappy by a man of of your type. My type? What is
0: my type, Mr. McGill? Just now,
2: with a perfect illustration. A lady leaving your room at eight in the morning. Yeah, that does look bad. It? To say nothing of the notoriety you've gained in the matter of the tavern killing. I want you to stay away from Susan, Mr. McBride. Well, uh...
0: Uh, just for my own information, Galahad, what happens if I don't stay
2: away? I'm probably no match for you physically, but I warn you, I won't let that stop me. And I suspect you're more deeply implicated in that seven killing than you admitted to the police. Oh? If you don't stay away in these town as soon as possible, I'll keep at it until I find something which will incriminate you. And I'll stop at nothing.
0: You're really all out on this thing, aren't you? Yes, I am. Well, this is really open house day. I guess I should have ordered some cocktail napkins. Hello, McBride. Well, Lieutenant Orsati, how's the police department? Come on. I'm taking you in. You're taking me in? The seven inquest is tomorrow. I'm taking you in now. Why? Know a girl named Celeste? Sure, she's Chandler's ward. What about her? She disappeared last night. Now, that's what I heard. Look, I don't know where she is. We do. We located her this morning. And why don't you ask her where she's been? Wouldn't do us much good. She can't answer. She's real dead. <laughs> Look, McBride, you're going to stay right here in headquarters until you open up. You were after the Chandler's necklace. I still am. You figured Celeste had faked the theft and that she had it. You knew you'd have to push her around a little to get her to talk. You pushed too hard. I told you once I didn't have anything to do with her death. I'll tell you again. I'll keep on telling you because it happens to be the truth.
2: Lieutenant, what is it? This
0: woman I want to see. Susan. Hello,
2: Rick.
0: What do you want?
3: I just... I just heard about the Chandler girl being killed last night. So? I understand the time of death was between midnight and one o'clock.
2: What's all this got to do with you?
3: Just that Mr. McBride couldn't have killed Celeste Chandler. He was with me all evening, up until almost two o'clock.
2: Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. You willing to swear to that? Yes. You know what the penalty for perjury is? No, but I'm sure it's
3: quite severe.
2: How about it, McBride, you telling the truth?
0: You heard the lady. Okay, okay. Uh, I guess you can go then. Both of you. I don't get it at all, Susie.
3: I'd rather not discuss it.
0: I left your place around midnight for the cigarettes. I was gone almost half an hour. I said I'd rather not discuss it. And yet you told Orsati that I was with you all evening. You really stuck your neck out for me, baby, you know that? Yes. Well, why?
3: Does it matter why? To me, it does. Well, I... Because maybe it doesn't take more than one night and one date for a girl to... Oh, what's the good of talking about it?
0: You're a nice girl, Susan. You're real nice. McGillicuddy was right. McGillicuddy? He came to see me this morning. Told me to stay away from you.
3: Well, I guess I'll have to have a talk with Arthur.
0: Maybe you shouldn't. Yes,
3: I'll tell him he doesn't have anything to worry about
0: anymore. Hmm?
3: I don't ever want to see you again, Rex.
0: What are you talking about? Why not? Now, wait a minute, Susan. You think I did kill Celeste, don't you?
3: I don't know what I think. You think
0: that I killed her, and yet you gave me an alibi. You're a strange kid, Susan. Yes, let's just leave it at that. I'm a strange kid. Goodbye, Rex. Now, wait a minute, Susan. Look, I've got to see Mrs. Chandler about a little unfinished business, and then you and I... No,
3: Rex, I mean it. Goodbye.
4: Oh. oh, Mr. McBride, I've been waiting for you. You said ten. Minutes. I got
0: detained. You still want me to search Celeste's room?
4: Yes, more than ever now. They just told me about Celeste. If that necklace is in her room and would it be discovered by anyone else, it there'd be a lot of terrible publicity. Yeah. Here's the key. I'll show you where her room is. All right.
0: That's it. Two sixteen. You want to come in?
4: No, I'd better not. I I'll wait for you in my room.
0: Okay, I'll check with you. Hmm. No lights. Uh... <laughs> Okay, McBride, end of the line. Get out. Look, with a head like mine, I don't feel like walking.
2: You don't have to walk far. Just my front door. Who lives here? This is just a nice, quiet place in the country. You'll love it.
0: Hello, McBride. O'Hara. Sean O'Hara, sure. I should have figured it. Sit down. Where's the necklace, McBride? Necklace? The Chandler necklace. I want it. You think I got it, huh? You're playing it really smart, weren't you? Celeste squares a gambling debt by giving me the necklace, and then she hires Seven to hijack it from my strong box. Seven? So his killing ties in after all. And you killed Seven and got the necklace from him. Okay. So you're a smart boy. Now let's have it. So it was Celeste who gave you the necklace. All along I'd take Mrs. Chandler. You're wasting my time, McBride. I should have spotted it. Mrs. Chandler used to run around with you. She told me Celeste had a complex about wanting anything to belong to her. A you, for instance. are a real deep thinker. So you can probably figure out what's going to happen to you if you don't turn over that necklace. When you came to me last night with your phony deal, you weren't sure who had the necklace. You decided to pick up Celeste, roughed her up trying to get her to talk, and you were too rough. She died. Yeah. Okay, Al. All right. Look, that's not going to do you any good. I don't have the necklace. Could go on quite a while, McBride. I tell you, it's not going to do you any good. You know something? It's not going to do you any good either. Okay, Al, go ahead. A pleasure. Nine o'clock. How is he, Al?
2: Still out like a light.
0: Been out quite a while now. Okay, put him on the bed. We'll let him rest a while.
4: Okay.
2: You stay here with him. I'm going downstairs.
4: Right.
0: Oh. What's the matter, rugged boy? Not so rugged right now? Not so rugged. Too bad, too bad. Look, can you get me something for these cuts? I think my hand is broken. No, isn't that a shame? No, no, really. Here, take a look at it. I don't
2: see anything wrong with...
4: Oh, why, you...
0: Now, you stay there face down or I'll drill you with your own gun. Now, yell for O'Hara. Huh? You heard me. Call O'Hara. O'Hara? Come on, songbird. You can do better than that. O'Hara! See? You can. Here he comes. Now, keep your mouth shut.
2: What's the matter, Al?
0: Feels awful, doesn't it, O'Hara? Well, Sonny, you've got O'Hara on ice. I think you can get the whole story of Celeste's Killing out of him. Yeah. As soon as I knew O'Hara didn't have that necklace, I realized that he wasn't the guy who killed Seven. If he had, he'd have gotten a necklace from him. So where does that leave you? With the guy who had the perfect opportunity to kill Seven and plant his body in my room. The guy who knew I wouldn't be back until late last night. McGillicuddy, the manager. Sure. He figured I was just a trenchant, so he thought he'd plant the body in my room. Then he found out I was a detective working on the Chandler case, and he got worried. That's why he threatened me this morning and tried to get me to leave town. You know, McBride, you've got a very annoying habit of leading us to empty holes. What do you mean? A little while ago, I came up with the same idea about McGillicuddy. Right now, it's not doing us any good. Why not? McGillicuddy's disappeared.
3: I thought I'd be seeing you again, Rick.
0: Well, I figured now you knew I wasn't a big bad killer, Susan. You wouldn't slam your door in my face if I came over.
3: Oh, I, I'm I'm really sorry for thinking what I did, Rick. Oh, poor Arthur. I still can't believe he was capable of killing anyone.
0: From the Gillicuddy? you would a good eye at first. But it's pretty logical when you look back on it. He was in the perfect spot for it.
3: Now, how do you mean?
0: Well, anyone who runs a joint like the Trojan Hotel keeps his ears pretty close to the wall. He found out Celeste hired Seven to hijack the necklace off O'Harris, Harris, so he killed Seven and grabbed the necklace himself.
3: Well, I know it looks awfully bad for him, but I just can't believe it. I can't help hoping that he'll come out of hiding and clear himself.
0: Mm. He isn't hiding, Susan. He's dead. What? How do you know? Well, it's the only way it figures. McGillicuddy's been a weak sister all along, and this. he it finally got to the point where even you couldn't crop him up anymore? So, for your own safety, and knocked him off.
3: I. Oh. Oh, Rex, you can't know what you're saying. Keep your hands
0: away from your purse, Susan. gun isn't going to do you any good, now.
3: Well, now you're not even funny anymore. I was just reaching for a cigarette.
0: There are plenty right there on the table, baby. The ones you sent me out for last night. So that your friend McGillicuddy could run me down. That's
3: not true. Then
0: when McGillicuddy missed, you figured the smart thing was to cover up. That's why you gave me that phony alibi for Celeste's murder. Oh,
3: Rex, please. You know none of this is true. It, it's just some horrible idea of a joke you have.
0: Well, I know Milton Burrow. But you've got no proof, no proof at all. Look, you haven't had time to get rid of McGillicuddy's body, not as thoroughly as you intended to. He's supposed to have landed with a necklace, remember? So the chances are the body's still in your car, or Sade's looking that over right now. That... Susan, drop that gun.
3: I'm going out of here, Rex. No, stand still. Stand quite
0: still. Put the gun down, Susan. Stay away from me. Put it down. I said stay away. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> uh. Pretty, pretty. Bad. Well, for crying out loud... Your timing is lousy, your study. You nearly got me killed. How about her? Did you have to... No, no, no. She's just taking a little nap. Well, don't just stand there with your bare face showing. Did you find the body,
2: or didn't you? Yeah, right where you said. Oh. Speaking of body, baby here really has one,
0: hasn't she? He <laughs> have the soul of an artist, huh, study? and wearing a derby yet.
2: You have been listening to the first in a new mystery series, Here Comes McBride, starring Frank Lovejoy. The script was written by Bob Reif, based on the popular fiction characters created by Cleve F. Adams. The program was directed by Warren Lewis this is nbc the national broadcasting company
1: welcome back well this was uh actually pretty decent um the air really was in 1949 was really flooded with the hard-boiled uh detective and so even a decent show i think uh that was solidly written with a good star, I was going to have a time making it. But this was, I thought, pretty entertaining. The series also serves as a reminder of the limited relationship between the novels and the radio character. The character of Rex McBride in books is not particularly popular with a lot of critics of mystery fiction of the era. Even though McBride was a contemporary of Raymond Chandler, who wrote Philip Marlowe, who we'll be hearing in a few weeks. Critic Richard Moore said, McBride was a Cretan, famous for his statement that American Gestapo is what we need. Um, Marlowe became the model For the future, the classic Tarnished Knight, McBride, for the few who have read him, is one of the most repugnant characters in detective fiction history. Lessons learned. Well, to be fair, uh, I should be clear that McBride wasn't calling for any sort of um, American Nazism, mainly calling for a secret police as powerful as the Gestapo in the midst of World War II. Not that that's not a bad thing, but just to be clear, we're not miscommunicating. However, over the radio, there's a limit to how creakness a, uh character can actually be and certainly rex mcbride in this episode wasn't as um antisocial or difficult as say pat novak which tends to define kind of the outer edge and the same thing is true of mike hammer who tended to be a bit more edgy and extreme in books but not too uh, extreme on the radio. So it's kind of an interesting contrast if you study uh, the actual characters. All right, well, on to some listener comments and feedback. And we begin with this from Mark. Uh, thanks for your dedication to keeping this podcast going for so many years now. Most similar projects fizzle out within a year. I know, I've done one myself once upon a time. That you've been doing, uh, going at this for the better part of a decade is truly noteworthy. Well, thanks so much, Mark, and yeah, this is, I meant to mention it on the podcast, but uh March the 3rd was the 7th anniversary of the first podcast I ever did, uh, related to old-time radio. I've done some political stuff, but that's an entirely different uh, animal, and I think everyone's supports really kept these going, plus I like to see things through towards the end. Growing up as a kid, I was the one who would never concede a game, and I would get upset if you tried to quit a game before everything was played out. I, I have this belief in the importance of finishing. Uh, with Dragon and Superman, finishing is pretty easy. Uh, with this series, you know, I think it's different. Um, it's um, really... Um, um i I think a uh you know it's just everybody's uh continued support enjoyment of the programs, plus the fact that there are more series that I can think of wanting to do that really keeps it going and uh and I again appreciate all your uh, remarks uh, and then uh just a simple mo- uh, note from uh, Mirth who says Thank you I've been listening to your show for a few years now, and it brings me great pleasure well i'm glad to assist. And uh, thanks so much. Uh appreciate everyone listening. We'll be back tomorrow with Nick Carter. Join us back here next Wednesday. We'll be back to Johnny Dollar on Wednesdays. In the meantime, send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Become one of our nearly 2,900 friends over on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. And follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.